0: Hey guys and welcome along to another episode of Soot and Wirewash. This is show number 48 and I'm your host Neil Piper. No out and about today, no big long rambling intro, but I do have a guest, a returning guest. Who is my guest? Who is my guest? My guest. Hello, how are you? Doing? <laughs> it's uh... it's Alex. I didn't I didn't warn you about that <laughs> at all. I I kind of hoped you'd just run, you'd have run with it and gone like hey. But
1: yeah yeah, yeah sorry I was no, kind of listening but <laughs> now
0: no, no, I just sound like a dick. But I'm not going to I'm not going to restart. So how are you pal? You cool. Out? Yeah good.
1: Yes very good thank you
0: yeah. Very good great. So yeah. we've we've been already recording for what about forty five minutes and I've got absolutely nowhere. So should we get on? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. So, I wanted to talk to you about about our
1: little project, about Project Box Camera. How are you getting on with it? Great. Yeah. Um, really chuffed with my results from my first kind of proper roll because I did run a quick test roll through it, which was just you know point it at anything really. But uh, I yeah just had that one uh, roll through the AG for synchro Box. It's brilliant. It's amazing. So, just because uh, I'm I'm familiar
0: with um, the camera, uh, obviously. So, just uh, would you mind just telling the listeners what the camera is and what film we're running through?
1: Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I used HB five, um, which is kind of a safe bet, although a little bit fast, arguably, because it's probably you know these cameras were like third, I don't know, fiftieth of a second or something there, or thereabouts. Um, at, at kind of f11 or whatever yeah. um so 400 is probably a bit a little bit quick although i'm in wales and it's winter so <laughs> probably all right and yeah you know um hp5 is like for how forgiving it is for overexposure and you know, just copes with everything pretty well mm. um so how how old is the the agfa are we talking 50s i yeah um no i think it's 19 Forty-nine, I think it is. Oh, okay. I think that's when that model didn't. Well, I believe so. Um, so, when,
0: so when that was when that was uh, new on the shelf, new in the box, sort of film speeds would have been a hundred tops at that point. I think.
1: It? Yeah, well, I think that would have considered a fast film at the time. I'm saying forty-eight. Have I got that right, or is it fifty-eight? Oh, damn it! I can't remember now. And I was looking at this the other day because I'm a brother about it. <laughs> um, I can't remember. It's so immaculate. It just looks like evidence of time travel. It's just <laughs> really? cra- crazy how perfect it is. I don't know where it's been. I bought it off eBay. Um, but probably in its original box since... It was in the little canvas, kind of weird yellow canvas bag thing. Yeah, I think um, we've, all, we've all got one of those, haven't we, I think. Yeah, I've got a couple from other cameras and they're just canvas and they're great, but this one's got a kind of kind of velvety material oh, yeah. stuck to the inside, which is, when I first got the camera out of it, it was entirely covered in orange dust inside and out, Oh yeah, because this, this velvet stuff is all breaking down, so um, yeah, all I had to do was just get the dust off
0: to so you, and realised I'll oh, make this thing. You've got the, the posh one with the, the velvet liner, mine's yeah. Just, yeah, mine's just a canvas one which in yeah. itself is kind of the canvas itself is kind of breaking down.
1: <laughs> this, uh, yeah, I chucked this away straight away because it was like, oh, God, get out of the house. It's probably like <laughs> some toxic. Yeah, it's like asbestos. <laughs> asbestos and fiberglass. Yeah, they used it, used it for everything. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, it's German and just you know, nicely made, simple. Although it, it's, it seems a bit flimsy. The metal... That it's made out of is very thin. So when, as you're holding it, mm-hmm. it kind of, kind of pops and and tings a bit because the sides kind of buckle in and out as you're holding it. It's not very, okay. um, not very rigid thing because it's made out of flat panels. It's just yeah, yeah. It's a bit um, boxy, and it's, as it would be. But weird that it's a yeah. six by nine, yeah. Yes, yes. Six x yeah. nine on 120 one twenty or six twenty. One twenty, yeah. Six twenty, I think is pure. Kodak, which is 90% of the market, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, do you know, I, I'm i not sure I'd buy a 620 Kodak. Really? Just for the hassle of... I, I, I kind of resent Kodak still <laughs> for their... Uh, you know, it just seems so awful, like, sell just cameras cheap and ensnare people into you know, years of hafting to only buy film from them, when 120, it's it's the same stuff. And it was, you know, widely available beforehand. They didn't come up with anything. All they did was try and make it, so you had to use their film by yeah. buying their cheap cameras. That's business, uh, mate, isn't it? Business. Yeah, but, yeah. I know I know what you mean. I know what One out, yeah. <laughs> I, I have got a Kodak box camera, but it's a 1915... um Which is 120, because I don't think they'd turned evil by that point.
0: okay. I think (laughs) I've got some... Have I got a Kodak that takes 120? I'm just turning around now to have a look at the shelf. Um,
1: Yeah, mine's got...
0: No, I think the the free Kodak ones I have are all 620 ones.
1: Right. I Uh, like that brown one you've got. That's a really nice-looking camera. But again, 620 it is oh. 620 the, mod, the, the clue is
0: in the name isn't it the brownie 620 Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I like um, that though I think that's it's
0: not well I don't know I, yes, was it yesterday I think yesterday I actually rolled my first sort of film off of a 120 and onto a 620 sport and as long as you've got a dark bag or a dark room it's actually a surprisingly simple thing to do
1: yeah.
0: like last last time I what was I using before we started the project, you know, I'm just thinking we should probably explain what the project is at some point to people. Yeah. But um, we'll get we'll get to that. We do things backwards around here. Um, I yeah. used a Kodak DuoFlex. Is it called a DuoFlex or a DuoFlex? DuoFlex, something um, there. And that's that's because some box some yeah some 620 cameras you can jam a 120 spooling, can't you? Um, but this DuoFlex yeah. is yeah it's too small you physically cannot fit a 120 in and rather than re-rolling the film i thought it would be because there's two there's two ways of doing it you can re-roll the film or you can uh like shave the the spindle yeah so, so you take like you believe i haven't got one in front of me but you can using like nail clippers or a pair of scissors you can cut down like the lip of the of the end of the spool and using sandpaper and a block, you can sand down the top of it. So you physically yeah. make, it, make the circumference of the lip, uh, not the, sun, the diameter smaller, and the actual width of the top of the thing smaller. And I went down that route for some reason, and it was a proper pain in the ass to do it. And it yeah. took ages, and I wasn't really that enamoured with the results anyway. So this time, I decided to just re-roll the film, and it took about five minutes. Right literally took about a quarter of the time than it took to sand down a spool so in future i'm just going to be re-rolling because i think i've got a good three or four spools six twenty spools kicking around at the moment anyway so
1: i think if i was going to do it i'd have to if i was going to buy one i would have to take like a dremel to it or something and <laughs> make space because it just the fact that they it's no coincidence that it's that close and it only just doesn't fit it's just they've deliberately done that to prevent yeah. you from using 120 that just winds me up so i think I'm not, I'm, I'm not I, sure. I haven't looked i haven't looked inside one but i i'm pretty sure you should be able to yeah hack a bit the way to
0: i haven't got the the duoflex isn't on the shelf well, i don't know where i've even put that what, but is, I'm that pre- the one,
1: is that like a pseudo tlr looking? oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah 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 i know the one you mean yeah that's yeah. a nice looking camera yeah they're
0: nice i'm just trying to sort of picture the inside of it and i think i don't think even with a dremel i don't think there's enough metal to shave off of the inside that you had to fit in there I think like you say with yours it's made basically of tin foil right so you get the dremel in there you end up with a bunch of holes probably see,
1: see if they knew dremels would come along they made it deliberately too thin <laughs> 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 all
0: right that's what you reckon is it yeah,
1: yeah. In, in in
0: 70 years time this Welshman will have a, an idea of sanding this out well if we make it a tin
1: that's right they'll do that so fuck yeah, they're that evil <laughs> Now I do like Kodak from, Yeah. You know. <laughs> just can't afford it really to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just
0: snorting Pepsi up my nose. <coughs> can't laugh Um yeah, I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the pictures now that you've taken with your Agfa. And they they're awesome. That's about like I was really shocked but not for you, for the for the camera that's that old, they're like, they're proper super sharp, aren't they?
1: Yeah.
0: It's one of, is it your brother, did you say, in his workshop? Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah.
0: So just, because um, you told me the story about this, just tell us the listeners a little story about how you made this picture, because it's not, it's quite dark in there, isn't it, and even with 400 speed film.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I just used my uh, phone. I had a quiet day, so uh, I had a gap between jobs, and I happened to be in the area to call in and see Ed, my brother, who's a, a guitar well, he repairs in, musical instruments whether it's um, uh, double basses or violins, banjos, guitars, mainly guitars obviously but um, mm-hmm. well, he's also a bass player, a musician uh, right. but um, yeah, so it, he's usually there in the day um, and good for a cup of coffee so I called in and uh, yeah, just it's He's really into photography as well. He studied photography, um, oh, okay. and so he's always keen. And we're both into guitars and stuff, so it's just gear chat constantly whenever we see him. Um, but yeah, it's always it's. I like getting shots of people. Kind of, I don't do it often enough. I've only ever taken a couple of shots of him there. Uh, I like the idea, and I love it when I see other people that do it when they get pictures of people kind of in their work environment or whatever. It's always quite interesting. Um. So, yeah, I metered. I could see that it was going to be, um, like I think it was half a second. It metered when I was kind of aiming my phone at the uh, workmate thing on the yeah. floor in front of him. Yeah. Uh, so I thought well, I'll just go over that a bit and kind of do a second. But just conscious that um, any, most shots I've tried to take of people have been blurry because you've got you seem to have to be so far away with a box cam if you haven't got a close-up lens built into them, mm-hmm. um, but just in the opposite corner of the room, there happened to be a a big rectangular guitar case. So I just put the camera on it. It looked level, and yeah, that was it. Really, just opened the shutter on B for a second. Um, it was just quick; didn't not much thought to it really. Um, but I was pleased with how it's framed because I haven't cropped that at all. It's just. Oh, right. Other than just taking off the slightly like ragged edge, I was just, I was, I was just
0: thinking that it looks really well uh, framed, really well composed. I like the, the yeah, fact yeah. he's he's sort of bordered on one side by the all the guitars, and on the sort of right hand side of the frame, there's the sort of silhouette of his his drill.
1: Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah that was uh, that was definitely more luck than judgement. 'cause no. uh I was I wasn't really looking that much from What's
0: what's the uh viewfinder
1: like in that? It's not great. Actually, mm-hmm. it looks quite it's fairly bright, but um I have a hell of a job of making out what I'm actually, what I'm looking at. I think my uh close up vision isn't quite as good as it was, but I don't know. I don't think it's it's definitely not as good as the um Zycyclon box Tengor. That's no. a similar size viewfinder, but it's it's. I think the optics in that are much much better because you can you can really see, you know what you're looking at. But with this, it's. I don't know. Is it? I, is I've it one growing. of those? Sorry, go ahead. No, that's, that's it. Really, just uh, every time I look into it, it doesn't look um, dark or. I don't know. It, I just seem to struggle to kind of actually um, pick out exactly what I'm looking at. I don't know why. Okay. They're kind of look- they're kind of odd viewfinders
0: to use, aren't they? Because I always used to think that you had to get really close to them and then I realised that no, you actually have to get quite far away from them to actually see yeah. what you're looking at. Yeah. So I've just I've got the the Kodak six twenty in my hand right now. And I think what's hard to tell about standing up. But it works sort of best if you're about well, probably about arm's length away from it. Yeah. Which does mean yeah, if I'm just... shooting if I'm shooting a landscape it's from sort of
1: well crotch height. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a, a waist level thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think I've got
0: slightly longer arms because it's a bit lower than my waist. <laughs> 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 <All> right. <laughs> yeah, moving on. So how many um, rolls have you run through you, that was just, you say it was just that one and the test one?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the like the um it's a lot sharper than my Kodak uh, for the landscapes and things. Uh, they were really soft, uh, I noticed. But with with this, like there's the mountain road. Um, well, all, just all of them, really. They're all surprisingly sharp. They are. And I love
0: the one with the, the valley in the mist.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's down in that's Simmons, really Yacht cool. in the forest Dean. Yeah, it's awesome. We were just leaving. Uh, I'd been there for for a week. And then yeah. on the last day, we were just kind of... Driving out out of there, we got a glimpse down into the valley through the trees, and yeah i yeah kim said you you've got to stop, you've got to go and take a picture of that, <laughs> kim I, thought, said that. <laughs> oh, I i won't stop I won't stop everybody now, and you know we were just kind of on our way, so yeah, really delighted that she said, What are you doing are you go and take a picture of it, idiot, so uh, uh, yeah, that's really cool to see, yeah <laughs> Definitely
0: yeah. I know it would have been if it was actually it would be the absolute opposite. It's like really <laughs> I just go home.
1: That, I think that sort of reaction had tempered my uh you know, that's why I didn't kinda of go, Oh yeah, I've got to stop. <laughs> if I'd said that she probably would have reacted that way. Probably. Yeah. This like if I see a tin in the shop, she's like, Oh god. But if she goes shopping and spots a tin that she thinks I might like, she'll get by it for me. <laughs> Which really. Kind of fuels my uh I, get, I think make I can a get tins for pin
0: I can go out on a limb and say Ash has never ever brought me home something that I can make a camera out of, <laughs> it, intentionally at least,
1: intentionally. Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> um, yeah, but they're, yeah, they yeah chuffed to the shots. They great. Really ah. pleased.
0: They have come out better than I think my first attempt. So my my first sorry sorry. Well, oh, my, my, my first attempt was um, I think I. Did I speak about this on my last show, on a previous show? I can't remember now. But I took um, I took a role of very, very expired Wilford FP3 um, out in, in the Brownie 620. And when I say very expired, it was September 1962
1: that expired. Yeah, that's uh, nuts, yeah.
0: yeah. That's pretty <laughs> old. Not the oldest film I've ever shot, incidentally, but definitely the oldest film I've ever shot without any... Um, of exposure compensation or anything right so um chester brandt one of the members of project box camera uh, sent sent me a couple of rolls and was like i've had good i think he said i've had success shooting this at uh, iso6 or iso3 i don't know what one he said now um yeah. i think from new it was a 64 iso film like in 1962 i think it was a 64 speed film maybe
1: yeah
0: so he was like, shoot it at six. I was like, okay, yeah, that's brilliant. And then I realised that, <laughs> hang on, this is going in a box camera, and the only like adjustment I have is like the how long the shutter is open for. And yeah. I'm I'm doing this all handheld. I'm not doing it on a tripod. <laughs> uh, well, what's what's the worst that could happen? And I just it just literally went out and just shot it at literally box speed. Um, on sort of instant mode which I think on this camera is yeah something like 130 or 4, 150 or 4 I would yeah. say they're, they're all sort of that kind of speed aren't they um and yeah when I when I developed the the negatives I think I stand developed them in Cathanol and when I developed them there was like barely barely anything on there um for a lot of the role but there was a few there was a, a sort of like a few sort of silhouettes which I sort of managed to managed to scan and make like sort of half decent sort of make outable pictures out of and sort of I put them in the put them in our project box camera group and realized I, do, I did kind of like them they're just like really really different to everything that I've ever shot before that I think I was just kind of not used to seeing my work look like that if that makes sense yeah yeah I'm just yeah. flipping through the uh, just flipping through the page now just to find them and it's,
1: I like the one of the boat
0: Company. Yeah, yeah, that one's quite cool. Um, it's it's. I don't know whether it's um, some of the rollers definitely you could see like backing paper on it. But I'm pretty sure if you look closely at that shot, I can see the number 10 inverted in the uh, in the sky. But I have to look hard. Um, yeah. So there's kind of like a texture across the whole picture that looks kind of like fog. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: but I don't know whether that's like film fog or whether that's the texture of the backing
1: paper. It's nice, and you've got the sun in that as well, you're just at the top. Yeah. It's cool. It's really atmospheric. Yeah, it's cool. I like the, the ruin as well.
0: Yes, that one That's came right. out all right. I think the ones that... Because that was a really... It was a really windy, but it was a really sunny day, which is why I kind of half thought, wow, they will be all right, it's really, really sunny. Um, but yeah, I did make a couple of contact prints of a couple of them the other day, and yeah, they actually came out pretty much like they sort of look on screen, they look kind of, kind of alright, like I say, very right. atmospheric but um, yeah, so I think I'm happy with them
1: That's cool Yeah, the, the only one out of my role that you know, didn't work really was, well, I just had a go at holding a close-up lens off my Yashica mat oh, yeah. on the front, I, I did have a, a go at trying to judge the distance you know, where it would focus to um, in the house with a, with a before I put a film in it. Uh, but it was too dark. I couldn't, couldn't really figure it out. Right. Um, and, yeah, I I didn't figure it out. I got it wrong, and it just doesn't look <laughs> great. But who else was it? Somebody, was it Dean? Yeah, um, I'm just, I'm I saw it Dean.
0: I'm just looking back. I'm trying to find it. Oh, God.
1: He's, it was right at the top earlier. Um... What oh, Facebook do? Dean. Dean Lestoria. Uh, it was Dean. Right. Yeah. Because he's figured it out. He's um, with lasers, I think. He said
0: he's put a number two close-up filter on his brownie number two. Um, he used a measuring tape at 0.75 meters.
1: Yeah. That's how he took it. But he, I think he determined it by using. Um, uh, he, I'm sure he said it. He used a laser of some sort.
0: I'm sure he did as well. But I can't see that in the post now.
1: No, and my internet's been weird. Um, but yeah, they, they were that's amazing. I think mine's a, yeah, close up number one, which I think is just further away. I think it's like three to five, whereas the number two might be you know, the, the the closer in range. But right. that the fantastic of that stonework. It doesn't there's some proper like texture in that picture. Yeah.
0: Sort I'm realising as we're talking about this that no one listening is going to see any of these pictures for quite some time yet. Because <laughs> <Nice. laughs> they're all in a, all in a yeah. private
1: group at the moment. Oh, of course they are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all just, yeah, loving seeing what everybody's doing and the sort of huge variety of box cameras that there are. Um, I didn't realise there were like 4x5 box cameras, didn't think about it. Um, yeah, well, and I think I'd come across one in the past. I, don't, I certainly don't own one. Yeah. I, I may have seen one in the past but just not really understood what I was looking at, I don't think.
0: No. Um, I I truly love the fact that um Krista Krista Brandt has uh seems to have become addicted to buying box cameras. Yeah. And I feel I mean part of me feels a little bit guilty about um like becoming and making him or being an enabler, I yeah. guess. And part of me is proud that he's like taken this gauntlet and run. Like when <laughs> when I first sort of thought this up and we had that initial chat about it and I was like, yeah. should, we open this, should we open this idea up to every, to other people? I didn't think that like, what, six weeks later, there'd be a, a lot like, of box camera addicts posting, yeah. posting pictures of like the half dozen that he receives at a time i <laughs> yeah. this just looking at a post he put in when was that? A couple of days ago uh, Thursday Thursday for 12 pounds including shipping he's got like another free for 12 quid well
1: wow. one of them dates back to 1890. is that the three different size ones yeah that's right yeah there was one that was quite big yeah, yeah. it would be interesting to see what that is when he when he works it out because it's it doesn't appear know, but... to have
0: any sort of branding on it one's one's clearly i think one's a an agfa synchro like yours Um. The other one looks like some sort of Kodak, and the other one looks like a bigger Kodak. But it's got two. No, wait, that's the front. Sorry, forget that. I was going to say it's got two red windows, but it's not there. The back, there, the front. Don't know. Not sure what that is, but it looks fairly. I was going to say it looks like it could be like a like to take plates or to take like sheet film, but it appears to have like a red window hole. So it does. It's
1: got a winder on the side as well. So it must be roll film.
0: Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Weird. Well, maybe, oh, actually, to be fair, it could take like, I mean, is it like one one eight film that was like one twenty but bigger?
1: Oh, quite possibly. I don't even know about that.
0: Yeah, there's def- there was definitely, uh, um, I don't know the time frames, but there was definitely sort of roll film that was getting on, if not bigger than sort of four by five size in width, but on like a roll. Right. But I, like, um, what's it called, like, the numbers, I I couldn't tell you. One 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 eight kind of sticks in mind for some reason, but I could be well wrong.
1: Okay, right, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. But yeah, that's probably it then, actually. Looking at the position of the window and to the red window. Yeah, Although it looks kind of,
0: looks kind of like a yellow window.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think there's been some, some failures, um, but quite a lot of predominantly success at the moment. I know a lot of people, because uh, I emailed everyone this morning and I sort of just checking on, checking in, and um, there's been a few sort of people that are saying, oh, I've been a bit slow because this has happened or that's happened, and the labs, I mean, someone said, I think Gretchen said that she was having, the lab was taking quite a long time. I could be wrong or maybe not been Gretchen I can't remember um, yeah someone definitely said the lab was taking a long while but it all seems
1: to be progressing fairly well I think yeah everybody seems enthusiastic so it doesn't matter it really, is it if it's um, you know if, if people you know, if it's a bit slow for people to get going it doesn't matter really it's not there's plenty of time and it's not that many shots a month so well, exactly I mean we,
0: we agreed a maximum of six images um, a month um, a minimum of one roll. so how does that, I just had a thought, if someone joins, the, if if you pick yourself up one of these 4x5 box cameras, that's not on a roll. So is that like one sheet a month?
1: Um,
0: how, how do we yeah. do the ruling on that, Judge? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I suppose it's, oh, it doesn't really matter, does it, I guess? We'll worry about that if someone picks one up, I suppose. Yeah, whatever um, they
1: want to contribute, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I guess. What was I saying? <laughs> Um yeah, so it's it's like a maximum of six pictures submitted at the end of the month and I've I mean, I think I've got six. They're not how I wanted, but I kinda like them and I've got like I say I re rolled that um what is it? F P four this time I rolled onto that six twenty spool. So if I get a chance I'll shoot this before the end of the month. If I don't then I've got I must there must be well, there's a maximum of six, so there's easily a maximum of six on that roll that I can share for my first month, and I know yeah. you've got some cool ones already. Hopefully, everyone doing
1: I, I might swap them you know, if I shoot any more. I'm yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. carrying the camera everywhere, so. Uh, oh, yeah. um, That's the thing. I, 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 just, I just, I just, I just want to. Um,
0: so I just wanted, which I put in the email, so I just wanted to make sure that everyone's using. Like, I don't mind if people swap out films. But I'd rather everyone sort of used the same camera for that month period. I don't really want, like, swapping cameras, like, mid-month. I think that'd be a bit bit odd and, frankly, a bit hard to keep up with from sort of the uh, right. organisational point of view. Oh, okay. But I think
1: that's fair, yeah. 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 I suppose it'd make it easier for putting it together at the end. Although, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I suppose it depends how, because there'll be like, you know, up to six shots per month, per person. Um, how many shots would actually go forward then for, you know, if it was going to be collated into a zine or whatever. It's not. It's going to be a lot less. That's true. Probably. So,
0: I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. I oh, would we'll just let it run. I didn't realise how uh, complicated, I genuinely didn't realise how complicated this would be when, I, when no. we had that first conversation about it
1: yeah this is uh i've never actually made a zine so
0: (laughs) this is all new to me it's it's not the 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 zine that like looking at this it's like the zine is the easy bit but like it's the sort of sort of getting everybody's work in one place and like that like one of the really hard bits actually is communicating with everybody because it didn't occur to me that not everybody would be on facebook yeah it's assumed that even if you didn't like facebook you used facebook messenger but there's at least two people in the group that don't use Facebook. So we have this sort of... You hear that, Dave
1: Walker? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes, Dave Walker, Danny. And Bruce, you Bruce, you know you. Um, Yeah, not just those two, I think there's a couple of others as well. But, yeah, I just assumed that everybody would be on there. So we have this sort of chat going on in the Project Box Camera Facebook group, and then I always think, shit, those guys, they're just, they're just carrying on their merry way, just shooting away on their box, not knowing what's going on with everybody else, which is kind of a cool thing in a way. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't want them to feel kind of left out. But equally, I wouldn't want them to join Facebook just for this, because no one wants
1: to join Facebook. now it's pretty serious, isn't it? It's mm. a big, big decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not sure if it was the right one. But uh, did you see Dave's... Um, oh, yes, his cy- Robobox. Cyborg. <laughs> That's just amazing you called it Absolutely a awesome Can, do you
0: know it because I'm not hundred percent sure what it even is. do you know what he's actually made
1: yeah it's um i'm not hundred percent sure of, well it basically it's um an l c d um shutter, and i think uh, uh, i th- I'm pretty sure it's two l c d screens one in front of another which are clear glass until you energize them and then they go black i right. think these had to use two because one isn't quite, it's more of an ND filter rather than, you know, a black shutter. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure this is how he's done it anyway. Um, so he's got, um, I think it's, is it an Arduino kind of circuit? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, just let me stop. He's got effectively a piece of glass that is light tight until he tells it not to be, and then it lets the light come through. So he's got a shutter that doesn't physically move. It just yeah, make, effectively makes like, itself invisible. Yes, is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and he's created the, the um, circuitry and the the kind of program in there. So he's just got a little potentiometer which he can turn with a, a matrix display, like an mm-hmm. LED display. So it it, it you can just turn this little knob and it'll range through from well, whatever shutter speed you want. So he's, from anything to anything, I think. Um, oh my lord. So it's just 100% accurate and you know, anything from pro- probably, I'm not sure how, how fast it'll go, but I, I should imagine it would be a you know, so so, of a second to... So it must top out at some point, but it's going to be fairly... Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's, in
0: theory, no, no way he should ever submit an underexposed or an overexposed image because he's got it. a little computer controlling it. <laughs> Do you hear yeah. that, Dave? Do you hear that, Dave? <laughs> I don't want a single un, uh, under- or overexposed image from you, my friend.
1: Yeah, it is amazing. It's kind of, uh, of... The shutters are the hard part of homemade cameras. Or... or that's... You know, it's, it's something that's so difficult to... Um, produce. Um I I had heard um this put forward as an idea a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm not quite sure what it was, but may, it might have been on one of the uh, on the Homemade Camera podcast, yeah. somebody talking about the possibility of using um an L C D display as a shutter. Um I think that so, was I think that was Ethan. Oh possibly yeah, quite possibly yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah of course I can yeah, you know, I totally understand the theory, but I wouldn't have any idea despite having you know, done electronics in college a long time ago, I mm-hmm. wouldn't I wouldn't know how to program something to do that. No, me neither. Um we don't even know where to start. No, I wouldn't have a clue, but Dave's just phenomenal. He's got yeah. Um I'm not a hundred percent sure what he does. I can't remember if he's told me. My memory's terrible. Um, but yeah, he's got the practical and you know mm-hmm. uh, that's amazing. knowledge to just turn things out a bit like Ethan really just, yeah. just seems to be able to dream anything up and produce it mm. quickly and you know, absolutely just, in awe of people like that yeah really
0: I'm just looking at the at Dave's pictures now and they just look incredible
1: I, I hope I'm not mixing up two different things that he's working on because when I looked at the photo that I see there appeared to be a cable release coming from the back where he's got the, the PCB
0: Right. Is I haven't. That, got, I can't see the picture of the camera.
1: Actually, no. That might just be the wire going through into where the um, LCD
0: is. Right. Yeah, I think it. I think it is. I, I remember seeing because he took it on that on Graham's photo walk. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he last? Yeah, that's right. Maybe, and I remember seeing a picture, Simon's picture, I think, um, of this man sort of crouched on the floor with that's right. what, what, frankly, looked like a shit bomb. Yeah, like a little box <laughs> with wires coming out of it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, I knew what it was because I've seen it on Instagram. I was like, "That does look a bit like a bomb, so, <laughs> right?" Yeah, maybe tuck the wires inside it. <laughs> Good bit of advice. The uh, seriously, hats off to him because yeah, he's done something absolutely amazing with it. And I, I kind of hope that he dreams up something mental like this every month. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he won't, but. I'll be quite happy if he uses that for
1: the whole year. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's incredible because it, it, it's just, you know, something you can now use on anything. And now he's, you know, done the groundwork, I'm sure any it, other people will be able to um, far more easily use that type mm. of shutter now that he's actually so, you know figured out the details of how to get it done. So, do you, so presumably there's...
0: I mean, this shutter. I'm just pit. I, I could be well wrong, but I'm just picturing like a rectangular piece of plastic type stuff. I'm picturing, I guess, like a calculator screen. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Yeah. So presumably, you can fit that on a camera of any format, could you not? Like, because he, his is presumably a one hundred and twenty or a six hundred and twenty camera. I'm just thinking, can it go bigger than that? Presumably. Yeah, I, d- I don't, see I don't know because I mean the shutter, sure. the shutter on my speed graphic is the actual physical shutter is fairly small. I'm wondering about learning how to do it now.
1: Yeah, I suppose it depends um, where the at what yeah you know, where the shutter is placed in relation to the lens elements because um, it's. Mm. The, the, there will be um, a limit to you know, how narrow you can go, obviously, for the maximum aperture and things, sure, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't really know enough no, about I'll
0: say I, I literally know nothing about it, so I should probably have a read of it before I start designing things in my head.
1: Yeah, that's no, cool. Amazing, though. Really awesome thing to see. So you've been experimenting with uh, large format.
0: I have, I've been, um, sorry, something was just going on on my computer screen, yeah, I've been out with um, the the speed graphic that I got last year from the, at the that I won at the photography show, um, it's got a, I haven't got it next to me now, it's just literally just out of reach, hang on just a minute, I'm just going to go and grab it.
1: I'm not going to sing or anything.
0: Don't worry, I definitely won't cut that out. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. So it's got a... What is it? A Schneider Kruschnack Xenar 4.5, 150mm lens sat in front of it now.
1: Oh, that's a big aperture.
0: It is. It's fairly alright, I think. It's done the job so far. So, the main problem that I had, or, so problem, the issue that, the reason that I haven't used this camera for so long is, I mean, I've had it since March last year, and yeah. I think I actually used it for the first time maybe a month ago, maybe, right. was I was having some sort of mental block with, I had this, this lens and this shutter, it's got a synchro compur uh, shutter, um, I had this lens out of an old Gandolfi that I kind of, let's just say, inherited. Um, but it wouldn't fit in the lens board that came with that came with the camera. Uh, I can't remember if the hole that was in the lens board was too big or too small. I can't remember. It wouldn't wouldn't physically fit. So I was on the lookout for. I think it's called a graph um, a graphlex C board, maybe. I can't remember. But a lot of, I think it's four inches by four inches square with a lot of particular size hole in it. And one wasn't coming up. and One the one's never coming up. And then it kind of struck me that. Why am I looking for a, a pre-made lens board when surely I can just get a four-inch by four-inch piece of ply and cut a hole the size that I need, and that'll yeah. work. And that's what I did. I got my father-in-law to just cut me a few four-by-four um, four pieces of ply. I think these are two mil, maybe. So I sort of used a micrometer and measured the the actual board that came out of it, okay. got a ply that was the same, and set sort of again used the mic and set and measured the like the lens like can you cut me a hole that's this size yeah sure so you've done a couple of them and yeah it works absolutely fine looks a bit sketchy but I frankly I don't care it's alright isn't it it's a it works yeah so I started with some paper negatives and then they came out alright but I wanted to sort of use film I'd used film like 4x5 film for the first time uh, a month or six weeks ago, something like that, in a, in a homemade pinhole camera. And I sort of made some contact prints from that, and it swiftly became like my new favorite thing. So I wanted to start using film really quickly in this speedway. Yeah. So I, I basically I went on eBay and found the cheapest 4x5 film that was available. And it was this Shanghai 100 stuff that we, we spoke about the other week. Yeah. Uh, and it's all right. I've shot a few shots with it. Um, and I've sort of made contact prints of them. It seems to be, I mean, it works and it's a good test of film. It seems to be very lacking in contrast. Um, right. Even sort of when printed with a grade 5 filter, it's still fairly flat.
1: Um, yeah. So. Right. We're, we're pushing it. Be um, you know help that because usually films get a bit uh, images get a bit more contrasty when you push them. Possibly um, I hadn't thought of that, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought
0: of that. I should I, I, probably give that I, a go cause I've got like what twenty three. I can't remember if that was twenty. Yeah, I think that was a box of twenty five. Cost about eighteen quid, so it must have been a box of twenty five. Yeah. But I've still got like twenty three odd sheets a bit left, so.
1: What what yeah, speed so. it? hundred?
0: It's a hundred, yeah.
1: Right. Hmm. Yeah, it might be worth underexposing and then really you know, pushing it. Um, yeah. Or so. maybe just try like overdeveloping it first. You shoot at a hundred and see if uh, if you can get get it to the point where you know, that you're not losing highlights, but you see how you know, how much. That, um, Density you can get on the negative. Do you, do you know anything about the film, What it was, what, where it's from, or what it was? No, you know? I don't know. Any, I don't know
0: anything about it. All I could really find was a, um, a developing time for it, which I can't right. remember. My That's literally all I could find about it. I'm sure it's rebranded something else, right? But I don't know. I'm just thinking though, like just what you say about that. I'm just wondering, like, if have you ever tried? So you know like when you do like a test strip or right, in the dark room and you sort of put a bit of paper over and then you put a bit of paper over for X yeah. amount of time. Could you do something with the dark slide in your film holder? So expose like a little bit of it and then yeah, expose a little good. bit yeah. more and then expose a little bit more. Or the other way around, pull it like most of the way out and then put it in and then put it in and then put it in. Because that yeah, would either way, I think. What would that show? You see, if it was a hundred, you'd then overexpose it by a stop if you
1: pulled it out wouldn't you a little bit more yeah. yes um yeah so you could just um yeah maybe do it in like thirds sort of a stop whatever if
0: you could if you split if you think about f- splitting your film into to just two for math's sake if you pulled your dark slide out halfway and then major exposure that would be shot at 100 ISO if you pulled then the dark slide out fully you would make the same shot but that the half that was undercover would be exposed at 100 ISO but the shot that you've then effectively multiple exposed you would have overexposed it so it'd which, like it would be like give it shot at 50. It would be like shot at 50, wouldn't it? Yeah. So what you'd want to do is maybe uncover it.
1: Is that going to work? I don't think it makes a difference whether you're covering or, or uncovering. Because
0: that's going to go down. That's going to be effectively pulling it, isn't it? Each time you pull it out, you're going to go down a stop because
1: you're overexposing it? Yeah, you, that's right. So then you would... Um, uh, You'd shorten the developing time. Normally, if you're you know, going for the same sort of um, exposure level, then you you would normally have to reduce your developing time because you've overexposed it. Mm. Um, which is, you know, how I like to shoot. At HP5, I tend to shoot at 320 and foam pan. I I always half the box speed for foam pan. Um, yeah, just I tried I tried some of
0: that today. Um yeah, so fast forward a little bit. Um, I bought some, some FOMA four hundred and I went out this morning and uh, sort of made the same shot over and over again um on the same film. So just I made the shot sort of at four hundred, I made it at two hundred. Um and then I made it I think I made the shot about five times with a plan to sort of develop one at this time, one at that time, one at something else one stand about and just see sort of what looks best because you're you um you posted a picture the other day of a shot of a tree um yeah. i think from while you're away that you said was 400 but a shot at 200 and that looked incredible and thankfully exactly. i want that so i'm going to copy everything that you do and
1: that that was yeah surprising that was that came up really well i think the the angle of the light just I don't know everything sort of came together. I have, uh, you know, messed around with my <laughs> developing times and struggled with <laughs> full pan, but persevered because it's yeah you know, I like the I like the price. Um, yeah, sure. So, yeah, I've just come to shooting 400 at 200 and then developing at one to, one to fifty, uh, Rodanol and um, all, for seven minutes 15 seconds I don't know if the 15 seconds makes any difference but I don't know I was going to ask you how you got to that
0: time because I looked on not that I didn't believe you I looked on massive dev yeah and just to see what the other like options that people had shot it at and there was one on there so for one to 50 um dilution and shot at 200 and that had the same time as when you shot it at box speed it was like 11 minutes that's right that's what I wondered how you got that's what I saw
1: Seven minutes. Well, I looked at the the times either side of that because that didn't make any sense to me. You can't shoot it at two different speeds, then develop it at the same time in the same dilution. No, it's it's a it, it's not a linear graph necessarily, but it but it is you know it's a, it, there's a gradient to this um, you know the maths behind it or the, the physics or whatever. Um, so yeah, I thought those figures that just doesn't make any sense that you develop it. For, the same time so no, I just okay. looked at the figures above and below it and then in my head picked a figure that was, was a kind of midpoint um, which my kind of random mathematical stab at it was 7 minutes 15 seconds so I can't remember what, the, what they were the other side um, you know further up and down the well, the scale but, say, uh, I, I developed two of
0: the shots today um, the one that I shot so I shot one at basically, one at 100 one at 200 and I think I developed one your way and one box speed and yeah, yeah to be fair, your one your way does look better, just from yeah. looking at the actual physical negative
1: I think it must be a mistake in the massive dev chart, because it, it, it doesn't make sense, so I think that's the um, yeah, it just doesn't seem right that that's you, know, no. it, you can't expose it differently and then develop it the same expect no it
0: doesn't make sense does it well I'm glad it isn't just me that thought that was odd so yeah I think yeah. it
1: was um, Andrew Bartram really who was kind of uh, he was talking about pulling films because I've always I, I always shot at box speed until I was listening to I think it was uh, the old PD exposures podcast was that what it was called I can't remember one of the guys on there oh god my memory's failing me um, can't remember the guy's name he does quite a lot on YouTube um, anyway he shoots HP5 at 1600 all the time just yeah. tons and tons of it I think well, for a long time that's all he did I loved the results he was getting so I started doing the same um, just pushed HP5 to 1600 and thought it was great for a long time I thought it was brilliant um, but then I don't know I started to kind of question the luck of it, and I wasn't really sure whether I was getting the best out of the film. Right, uh, and um, yeah, then heard, you know, people talking about pulling films, and had a go. I think it was only it was around about this, this time last year. I think I, I was shooting um, some HB five at 320, and just absolutely loved the results. I, I've always liked. You know, I thought more grain is better. Um, this I knew would reduce the grain, so that kind of put me off it a bit. But the the tonal range, the, the yeah the the extra I don't know. There's sort of like a creaminess to the shadows, and just those the, the darker part of the image just it just seems to have so much more tonality to it compared to box speed or, or pushing it. It was just I was amazed by it. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, that, that now I tend to I generally. Pull film slightly. It just seems to be. uh I don't know. It seems like you get you get nicer results to me at the moment. Okay. But there again, I your know, taste change. So I, yeah, I, sure. I, I mean, I've shot a, a. Yeah, I've shot a lot of HP five
0: at sixteen hundred and I think even thirty two hundred. I love the look, but like you say, you sometimes do change around what you like. And that, I mean, it has its it has its. It depends what you're shooting as well, I suppose. Yeah, because I've shot a lot of, um, what would you call it? Not documentary, but sort of just somewhere between sort of documentary and street stuff. And I find for me that works really well, looking that a little bit more gritty and grainy. Yeah. But some of the stuff I'm, but the stuff that I'm shooting now on four by five, I don't want to look like that. I want there to be the detail, and I don't want the grain to be a. I mean, I don't mind the grain being there, but I don't want it to be an obvious thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it seems that pulling film, or, or either shooting with much lower ISO film or pulling film, seems like a much better option for what I'm doing at the moment with 4 by 5
1: Yeah. Because I, 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 I did start with Fulbupam mm. 100, um, I, I had never seen the 400 for sale. I, I've, uh, I haven't have had much luck with the 200, but I think that's just been my fault, so I'm just going to be put off that. Um, I don't
0: think many I, people have luck with the 200. I'd seem to, I seem to think it's sort of fairly universal. No one right. really gets on with it.
1: Right. I don't know. If, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I need to go back and look at my images and see if perhaps I didn't experiment for long enough or something wasn't right. Mm. Um, but I've... Moved over now to 400 for 4x5. um, Now that I'm using a lens more for 4x5, Um, and I know know, a couple of mates of films. They said, "Well, why, why go to a grainier film? You're shooting 4x5. Why not go for the 100?" And it's purely because you, because of the ISO and the desperate um, recipro- re- reciprocity failure rate of FOMA, I, you can't really take an indoor portrait of somebody with FOMA PAN 100. I I would really struggle. Or they'd have to be um, extremely tolerant to kind of put up with well, they'd have to be having the efficient. back of their head. They'd have to be emotional
0: yeah. for a good hour. But right. yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can just about manage, I think, with, um, what I have done, which is with, you know, just with with window light to take a a photo of somebody with the 400 at 200 um, and get a nice result out of it. And I wouldn't want to, you know, that's risking motion blur um, as it is. So I think the 100 is just too slow for the way that I'm using it. I think for me, me, 400 is a
0: a fairly good all-round sort of speed for me. I think I I can push it. I'm now looking at pulling it. I don't think yeah. to be fair, I'm going to be pushing much film in four x five. I don't think that's really going to be my thing. But
1: it seems good. No. Yeah, so the I, other- mean, I think you can see a bit of grain in it, so it's not you know. I think um, some people are drawn to four by five or your know, large format in general for that your know, grainless look. Yeah. Um So we'll probably be, some people would probably be a bit disappointed with the results I'm getting, but. I like the green, so I'm, I'm very happy with it. There, it's more about the um, you know being able to alter the plane of focus. So that's really my sort of interest in large format and the, the the whole kind of process of taking the shot as well. I kind of like the whole thing. Yeah,
0: well, it's that bit that's kind of really interesting me at the moment because being with the speed graphic, it's got rise and fall, um, but that's it. There's no um, like shift or anything like that on it. So it's, yeah. it's it's literally purely setting up and taking the shot and I'm really, really enjoying that. Like today, like I say I went out with some of this FOMA and because basically because of my back, I can't walk very far at the moment and there's one place that I knew that I wanted to photograph that I could literally I've heard Andrew Bartram talk about photographing from the boot of his car. I was literally photographing from the driver's seat. Yeah. So the the building that I wanted to photograph was um it's something that I photographed before for my old railway project. But it's on, well, it's literally in the corner of like a, a muddy car park. And I knew that I could pull up, as long as there was no one around, I could literally pull up where I wanted to be, open my door, and set my tripod up from the car door. And That's so cool. I could sit down whenever I needed to. And it was great. And I had a few people sort of walk past me, because it's right on, like a, on a footpath, which is the old railway line. There's a few people walk past and they're like, morning, morning, that looks interesting, yeah, da-da-da-da. And it was really fun. <laughs> I was literally just sitting there in the car, sort of, music on and just making a 4 by 5 picture, as you do.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Need to get uh, um, a r- rooftop platform. <laughs> no. With a seat, obviously. <laughs> that, is, that could be quite
0: interesting. <laughs> really interesting. So the, the the final film that I actually bought before the FOMA. Before the was some um, I don't really know why I bought this. I bought this because it was there. So I bought fifty sheets of Kodak Special Order One Nine Two, which is apparently high resolution aerial duplicating film. Right. Right. So huh. it, it's ISO two. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're getting lower, I guess, than paper neg sensitivity. Yeah. And it's. Uh, orphochromatic so you can load it under under safe light which oh, I cool. will say now is absolutely brilliant because this stuff you know how thick like your foam pan is like there's it's yeah. thin but there's a bit of substance to it yeah this this stuff is like when you're fumbling around for it in the bag I tried loading it in the dark bag and it was impossible it's like tissue paper
1: Oh wait.
0: it's so thin it's just unworkable, and I, I couldn't I couldn't load it. It was ridiculous. I could only load it like under red light, so I could see what I was doing. Because you couldn't, I think it was sort of separated by little leaves, like in between the sheets. I think, but you right. you just couldn't do anything with it because you couldn't feel what you were doing. It was that thin. Oh God! So
1: you said it was aerial. it's aerial.
0: according it, to the it's, according to the box. It's aerial duplicating film. So, so, so it's.
1: For duplicating aerial shots. It's for,
0: no, basically, I think what it says in the, because I read the, the, the spec sheet on it, it's a, so that you can make a contact print with it. Yeah. So you'll make a contact print from, a, I guess, a large format, or from whatever size, because this stuff is cut down from some other size. Yeah. A, a big roll, I suppose. So they'll use, like, their negative, which is the high-resolution aerial negative, Right. And then they'll make yeah, a. So it's just a studio. Yeah, they'll make yeah. a a slide with it, basically
1: with this stuff. Right. That's yeah. right, and it can it can be autochromatic because the, the original shot is probably, panchromatic or, ultraviolet or whatever they needed I, at the time. Yeah. So, I would so, assume so. I don't yeah. really know much about it, but right. oh
0: yeah, it goes It's not supposed to be put in a camera, well, it no. wasn't designed to be put in a camera, but apparently this guy's done, lots of testing and. It works. I mean, there's some. I bought it off eBay, and there's some um, sort of example shots that look really quite cool. I mean, you'd be forgiven for thinking they were digital because I can't see any grain in them whatsoever. Um, I'm surprised. Yeah. So he's he says rate it a two, and there's a decent level of contrast in them all. I have so far shot two sheets of it. One was a complete bust, which I thought was. I thought was the film or the dark slide uh, because when I developed it, there was literally just a big um, streak of light across the film. Uh, right. There was no image there. And I thought, well, either there's something wrong with something's gone wrong with when I shot it or it's actually like not orthochromatic and I burnt it under the safe light. But either way, my phone has arrived now, so I'll worry about that another time. Um, But then when I was processing one of the sheets of FOMA today, that I actually shot at the same time, at the same place as this first sheet of Kodak 192, it had exactly the same streak across it. So I'm assuming something went wrong with the shooting process. Does that make sense? Yeah. The same same issue on two sheets of different film shot with the same camera and the same lens. So I'm assuming... It was yeah, the... yeah, it's got to be. But... but then I've yeah I've used the camera since then.
1: I, I was just but... trying to work out. Sorry, the the, the film. So if you shoot shooting a 2 ISO, so so that's for Sunny sixteen, and that's like half a second at f sixteen. <clears throat> if you say so, I can't do the match right now. I think so because that yeah you you set the um shutter speed to the closest number to the ISO. Oh, sure, yeah. So, so, I'm just wondering what you, yeah. if you could get a, so how many stops that be? Okay, so you could be shooting like 15th of a second at f 5.6 in bright sunshine. So that's quite cool, isn't it?
0: I think when I meted it the other day, it was fairly, fairly bright but overcast and my my meter doesn't go down to two, obviously. Um say so obviously, it doesn't. It goes down to twenty no, I've got it right here. For some reason. It goes down to it goes down to six. So that's right. yeah, that's right. So I metered at six and then just I think I halved it, then halved it again and then went somewhere in the middle. Half of it was no half of it was three. Yeah, I think I maybe metered it at three. Then I don't think right. I've done the mass more than that, or metered it at six and then cut it in
1: half. Um, so what sort of shutter? It worked out to be about a second, you... I think. Okay. Yeah, at that kind of length and, and over, it's not going to make much difference, anyway, is it? I suppose. No. 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 Uh, I was just looking at the my app on my phone, the my light meter, when well, that goes down to three ISO. All oh, right. Which is quite handy. Didn't realise that. Yeah, that's you know, cool. I always, that sounds... I always
0: forget about the one on my phone. What does that go down to? Ooh, that goes down to 0.8. Whoa. That's quite interesting. That's Apparently, cool. looking at my MacBook screen right now, at 0.8, an F14, that's 2 minutes and 3 seconds. Interesting for you, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah so that's about what I've been up to with the speedy graphic recently oh that's cool oh and the other thing I did graft um, there's not really much to talk about this other than why did you do that because it was fun I grafted the lens and the shutter off of an old 1940s Kodak vest pocket camera on on the lens boards and used that and that seems to work alright yeah I saw the results from that, it's really good yeah, I shot a picture of myself. Um, it's a proper selfie because in the picture, if you look closely, you can see my arm reaching up to um, press the shutter button because that doesn't have a cable release. Yeah. So I'll share that at some point. But I literally I had this old best pocket Kodak that had come in a job lot of darkroom stuff randomly, um, and I always really wanted one because I thought they were such a, a a brilliant camera. And this particular one because they're if you're not familiar with them, they're what the soldiers used, I think, in like World War Two. I don't think they're World War One. I'm pretty sure they're World War Two. Um, but they were pocket-sized, hence best pocket Kodak. And this one belonged to the grandfather, I think, of the lady that gave it to me. And I really wanted to keep hold of this one because it had some sort of story behind it. Like there was, yeah, the story. But it was, it was literally unsalvageable like the bellows were completely shot like to the point where there was more hole in them than bellow and yeah. it was really quite rusty and the shutter didn't even work so i sort of made the fairly hard decision to sort of sacrifice it and i removed the shutter we got the shutter working and the shutter and the lenses all in like the, the same bit um and so sort of, yeah grasped it onto another one of those four by four boards and it works works
1: absolutely fine now that's cool, yeah. I did a similar thing with a, a, a Kodak folder a little while ago where it was a similar story. It was just rusty. The, the rollers where the film goes through were just seized and really rough. I did put a film through it, but it just scratched it a bit. Right. Um, and it was just, yeah, in a bad state. So I tried to make a pinhole camera out of the film transport bit, which I've put to one side somewhere, uh, which I might come back to. Mm-hmm. But I kept the lens and the shutter. Um, the shutter wasn't great to try and use that for a different camera I was messing about with. But I, I remembered that I used to have this um, single meniscus lens and then one night just taped it to um, a bit of foam core and put it on my Intrepid. And right. I was amazed. Um, that I managed to take a selfie. Um, just oh, sad, Yes, I remember seeing this, yeah. with Without a shutter, but just by... Um, Using the, uh, I've had an extension lead with a switch on it, so I plugged my lights in, and, um... Oh, my daughter, Hannah, no, is, is knocking at the door. Um, give me a second, hang on. Yeah, you're right. let right. see what she's knocking at. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry about that. You're all right. that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's no, right. Um... Yeah, so I just sat in the dark, focused... Well, got me to water downstairs, sat her in the seat, said, right, stay there, I'm going to focus on you. Turned the lights out, sent her back to bed, and then uh, sat that. in the seat and t- turned the lights on for a second with the, holding the switch in my hand just out of view. Oh, so, I see, right, yeah. So just, yeah. So um, your shutter was the light source? Was the extension lead, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it worked all right, though. But uh, I like the. there was a really sort of dreamy effect. Backed around it because i, I didn't have uh, an aperture in there at all it was just the glass um a well, little bit of brass around it but uh, you know it was just completely just the glass on it you know um nothing covering the edges of it yeah i, yeah, I yeah. took it i took it out and shot with with it and it was just this incredible sort of swirly mess <laughs> of an image which looked kind of quite cool but then uh, the next time i tried it i Used some um, glue and a, a washer, a ten mil washer, um, yeah. and um, just to reduce the aperture down a bit. And did a rough kind of calculation and gu- guessed what sort of aperture that would be. I think it was about f eight. I determined it would be about f eleven. I went out and shot with that in the house, and it was just a thousand times sharper. It was just a, amazing, almost mm-hmm. too good. Then because I quite liked the dreamy kind of effect. Um, <laughs> But it was yeah just amazing how just stopping it down slightly suddenly transformed it and just made it this awesome image.
0: Yeah. Is a um? I have to I have to send you the link. I came across because when I was using the the best pocket Kodak lens, that although it's got like variable aperture in it, they're just simply marked like one, two, three, and four, like portrait, landscape, and a couple of other things. But I wanted to know what that sort of equated to, you know, like is that 2.8, 4.5, or whatever. And there yeah, was a I website think... that I found that when you measured, like, the diameter of it it, it, it told you what f-stop that would be at what focal length you're at. Right. So I'll send you a link to that, and I might be of some help. But that's how I worked out what the f stops were on the on
1: the oh, that's lens cool. yeah that would be good to know for, for uh, certainly for well, for messing about with this one as well yeah. i can't remember how, how i worked it out i think i was just i think i was guessing based on well, the fact that it was focused gave me the uh, the distance from the film plane that would have been the same as the original camera okay. um, yeah. and then well i can't remember really how i worked it out i think
0: um, i needed i needed it because another lens that i've got and um, so I might have to use like your light trick with this one but I've, I've got an old enlarger lens that I've, I was literally given this at a boot sale a lady sort of saw me pick it up and knew that I knew what it was uh, but I wasn't going to buy it and she was like you can just have that if you want it so I took it it's an old like uh, was it Ray W-R-A-Y enlarger lens doesn't fit any of my enlargers so I mounted it again in another board and when you Put it on the front of the camera. It does. You can definitely find infinity on it. So I'm yet to use it because although you can adjust the aperture on it, and it says it's a f 4.5. Fine. When you look at you know like on on my light, in larger lenses in the darkroom, they're all marked like 2.8, 4.5, what have you. This one is literally just marked one, two, four, eight. 16 and 32, and I don't know what that equates to. So I'm thinking I may have to split this one open and measure the actual apertures and see, like what I mean, because 32 is the smallest aperture, and uh, like physically, and one is. Well, I'm assuming. Well, I'm assuming because it says f 4.5. I'm assuming one is fully o- fully open, which it is yeah. So I guess that's 4.5. So does that mean that 2 is 5.6? Because that would mean that the next one would be 8, but it's not. It's
1: 4. So I, I don't know. Yeah, that's just, weird. Just, how, how, how is it written? Is it like stamped onto it or etched on, onto it? It's not something that could have rubbed off. No, no, no. Right, it's,
0: it? it's literally stamped into the into the barrel, like 1, hmm. 2, 4, 8, and they all clicked. Right? I don't know if you can hear them
1: right
0: yeah yeah each one is it's i mean no one's written them on with a sharpie or something let's just put it like that (laughs) (laughs) i don't i yeah i don't know how to how to like meter for using this lens? you know i suppose i could just sort of open it up wide being fairly confident that that is 4.5 and just
1: make a shot at 4.5 and see if it works i suppose yeah and yeah make a guess shoot the same shot then stop down at what you think it is and see how they develop if it's if you get the right you know end result then you know you were right with the guess Yeah, a bit of a long winded way of doing it Um, it kind of makes
0: I mean because I mean you've got it makes sense that wide open is 4.5 because it says on the front of the lens 4.5 Yeah. even though that 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 setting is marked 1 so it would stand to reason that one stop down that does work the same with enlarger lens, doesn't it? That halves, halves of the light? Or do you think they do it in like half stops on enlarger, on some enlarger lenses. I, I don't know.
1: I don't know. How, how old is it? The ones I've got are all just seem pretty um, standard. You know, I don't know. Stops. I'm, I'm assuming it's
0: fairly old simply because it's all metal and glass. There's no plastic on it that I can see. Right. So I'm assuming it's fairly old.
1: I could right. do that. It might just be good quality. And it might have been built for some particular um, use, so it's maybe you know, that, that's giving it a, a different um, yeah. you know, range of figures for some reason. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, that's really strange. Has your oh. GraphFlex got a, a focal plane shutter?
0: Yes, although I don't use oh, it. That?
1: Right, well, that's really cool mm. if you haven't got a shutter on the lens. It is... I
0: hadn't even thought about that, to be honest. Because um, you unlimited, I you just put anything on there. Yeah, I keep it on, well, I just keep it open. So it's set to T, and it's just, it's
1: just always open at the moment. Yes, you're just using the leaf shutter on the lens. But yeah, I mean, for an enlarger lens or something that hasn't got a shutter, you just... Because I think... I think it goes up to a thousandth of a second as well, doesn't it, on the uh, focal plane shutters doesn't those or the, the one I had did?
0: This one, yes, apparently it up to a thousand. Yeah. But I don't know, because I have had all that apart at some point, and so it, so it might not. So it might not. I was trying to realign it, because I noticed that it wasn't quite lined up properly. So, like, the, you know, it's done by a slit. The slit wasn't quite stopping at where it should do. It was stopping a bit short. So I took right. it apart and sort of moved it and put it back together and it looked like it was working alright and then I put this lens on the front of it and I've had no need to sort of test it with the focal line shot right oh, that's cool mm. or mm-hmm. yeah I just use my hat like a, like a traditional Victorian photographer
1: yeah I've been yeah that that, that shot of the tree yeah Um. I, I was able to use the shutter um, but, that, but that was taken with a a 100-year-old, 101-year-old lens that a mate of mine gave me um, that he'd had kicking around for years. It had belonged to his uncle, and I don't know who had it before that. Um, but it, it's a Carl Zeiss 18-centimeter 4.5, um, and it came with a Thornton-Pickard roller shutter that the oh, lens yeah, actually yeah. Fit, fits onto, too. Unfortunately, I mean they've been they've been a pair for for a hundred years, um, which is, you know, and they almost got separated actually. It's quite funny, because um, I'd met, and the, he told me about this shutter that he had lying around, ages ago, and then I I, I wasn't that interested at the time because I didn't really know what I'd use it for. But now of course you're having lenses without shutters, so I thought, oh yeah, I wonder if that could be made to work. So I I sent him a message, have you still got that shutter? He said, yeah, I've a look. And uh, he said, yeah, you're welcome to it. Just take it. And before I left, I said, oh, there isn't a lens that went with this. It? He said, yeah, yeah, it's in the box there somewhere. With it. <laughs> so I nearly walked away with just the shutter. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and uh, and there was this, like, amazing Carl Zeiss lens that had been with it for so long. Um, but the the Thornton-Pickard's roller focal, uh, no, not, it's not a focal plane shutter because it's right behind the lens. But it works in a similar way. Yeah, It's like a, a roller turn, blind. You pull, turn, yeah. pull this. Called down yeah uh, the timing mechanism part of it's missing so it only works at one speed well about a 30th and <laughs> you can just open it and then use a hat whatever um, yeah. but yeah that's cool they, which is they, fine i suppose if your if your exposure times
0: are what a second and up i guess yeah How yeah quickly can you
1: remove your hat and get it back yeah i i think Yeah, not much, not much, (laughs) half half a second, I suppose, probably, at at the quickest. depends on the style of hat, I suppose. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Whether your hat's light hat as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be pretty rigid. You always need
0: uh, either a proper top hat or a bowler hat or like a sort of flat cap with uh, like a dark cloth material lining the inside of it. I think a bowler is going to be the quickest. I'm liking the idea of you in a top hat. i'm I'm looking at your skype picture right now with your cat on your shoulder or whatever it is and just sort of mentally putting a big like chimney hat
1: like a big sort of chimney hat you've got a massive head as it is i don't don't know (laughs) i think the world wouldn't be ready for being a big hat yeah (laughs) but that was quite a find. that lens it's just yeah it's now my favorite lens right it's just absolutely awesome so, yeah, I'm keeping an eye out for a Thornton-Picard, I think that's what it's called, um, shutter that that I can either get the bits off to make the... You you can set a different tension for the rollers by ratcheting this little mechanism on on, on the opposite side from the uh, um, shutter release. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm okay. sure if I can sounds, get it to work
0: on. Sounds fairly similar to the setup on the, on the speed graphic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's similar. Basically... Same principle, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. I think so I, so you're, you're using um, trays, aren't you, for developing the film at the moment?
0: I'm using
1: um,
0: well, an orbital. Thing, an orbital process. I think it's designed. It's sitting there on the draining board, about ten feet away. I can't go up and get it because my headphones are plugged in. Um, it's a Patterson orbital color print processor i think it's called uh,
2: okay
0: is it but it's motorized? basically it no it should be it should it it would have had a base uh, like a motorized base that sort of kept it constantly um like orbitally moving you know so right. down each time but when i got it it didn't come with it when i got it i didn't have a clue what it was i picked it up from a car boot sale about two or three years ago uh, for yeah. a quid and i literally picked it up because i saw the name patterson on it and I was like, "Oh, that's photographic." I'm having that. I didn't yeah. I genuinely didn't know what it was, or even the stupid money that they now change hands for, and it went in to like storage somewhere and completely forgotten about until uh, until I started shooting like paper negatives, and I didn't have a darkroom, and I thought I can process them in that. No fine. So it's basically a, a like a darkroom tray with a lid that's got like a light trap fill hole on it, and it works fine now um uh, like i said about in the previous show the a problem that i was having with the film was the film was getting stuck to the bottom of the tank so it uh, wasn't no processing nicely so after a lot of trial and error i've now put like look i spoke to graham it's only 16 graham he's got one as well and i think he said he put like little blobs of silicon on the bottom of his oh, really? um, So I tried a similar thing. I used like a glue gun and put like little blobs in the bottom of it and it made no difference at all. And then for some reason I tried super glue and that worked fine. So I don't know why like glue from a hot glue gun didn't work and super glue did. Absolutely no idea. But it now works absolutely fine. Film doesn't get stuck. There's no sort of uneven processing. I was a bit worried that I'd end up pulling like a big neg out that had like lots of little spots on it but that yeah. hasn't happened there's obviously enough agitation going on so yeah i don't have the 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 rotary base so i literally just every minute i just sort of pick it up and slosh the chemical around in it and that seems right. to be fine so far but yeah cool. doing the job
1: oh, that's good. Cool. i've just today bought a new patson tank well I ordered it online because right. i've never bought one before, I've I've just had them given to me very kindly donated but most of them were uh, pretty ancient and leaked sure Uh, um, and and I did have a couple of newer type ones uh, a two reel and a I think it's a four or a five reel Mm -hmm. Um, but I've I've dropped them and they've just cracked the the two main ones I was using one had the, the seal was snapped off the top and yeah. the really tall one I used for 4x5 had a giant crack right down Ugh. the full length of it. Right. Which has been taped up for a long time, but I know that's just going to go at some point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just bought one now which will take the mod, yeah. uh, mod 54. Right. Thing, which which is okay. I didn't like it when I first started using it. I seem to have trouble with it all the time, but I have got used to it now. It's a bit uh, quirky to to use. It's very it can be fiddly to put the um get the film into the little grippy fingers. Um but I know now what it's doing when it's getting stuck. Sure. So I, I know how to sort it out. But it in the dark it's you can just struggle and struggle with it for ages. Um See, that's, that's so I have decided Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I no I, d- I decided to get um one of the steam and press. Although just having four sheets i I'm kind of used to doing it at a time now so um i yeah i i, I wish they did this the steam impress as a six sheet um developing thing i think that seems a like a really good system as for anyway it is brilliant right. uh, but just at the point where I was kind of losing it with the the mod five four it suddenly clicked i've i've got over my issues now with it right. of any une- uneven development I realized it doesn't matter how careful you are, you can't twist with it. It just, you will get any, any development. Oh, you have to if, if you, invert the tank? 100%, yeah, you you can't either. You, I've heard people say you, it's not good for stand developing. I don't know why. I haven't had a problem with stand developing with it. But you, you 100%, if you're going to agitate, you have to invert okay. rather than turn. It's because it's the, where the fingers hold the edges, if you turn it, it doesn't seem like it. I've tried it. Doing it incredibly slowly, it it creates a little bit of turbulence, which forms two streaks it down the centre of the uh, the negatives, and yeah, I've tried to do it so that I'm not kind of overagitating it, but it doesn't seem to matter how slowly I do it, and then eventually I kind of found on some forum somewhere way back somebody saying you, you just you can't do that, you can't, you you have to invert it. Like, oh, okay, right. I would have yeah, done that. I didn't, didn't realise.
0: <laughs> See, that's it's, another reason that I like this, this Patterson processor, all-wheel processor, because it, it, t- it takes four sheets at a time, um, right. but it's so easy to load. You literally, just, in the dart bag, pop the lid off and lay your sheet in... So it's got like, little pegs to separate like the four um, oh. sheets, so you just in the dark, find where the pegs are. Okay, that's that corner. That's that corner. That's that corner. That's that corner. And then you clip the lid back on. There's no like lining up the central column. There's no feeding stuff into little fingers. You literally just lay it into the corner of the tank and clip the lid back on. Right. Uh, sounds that. Good. Yeah. It sounds amazing. good. amazing. Best one pound that I ever put towards my photographic um, practice. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant. And I see, like the it's it's supposed to come. Like, did you ever, as a kid, ever play that game Mastermind with like the little pegs that you had to like guess the color
1: of? I remember seeing it. I remember the cover. Yeah. So you remember like the the pegs?
0: The pegs pegs looked almost like little mushrooms of like a really long stalk. Right. That's that's what's supposed to go into this thing, Um, but they were missing. They weren't in it when I got it, and I realized um, when I started using it that the holes, the recesses that they go into are exactly right for like a wooden kebab skewer to go into (laughs) so i just put like that in there and broke it off at sort of about 20 mil high and it works absolutely perfectly It now holds my sheets apart (laughs) (laughs) so imagine if you want to buy those pegs off of ebay they're going to be probably (laughs) about 50 quid probably if if you can get them at all awesome anyway I think I'm waffling a bit now. Should we uh, start wrapping up? I'm kind of forgetting that we're actually recording a show.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't
0: we talking. I'm no idea. About an hour and a half I think. I was just oh, checking no. that we were actually recording. So, I don't know was... if anybody's still listening anyway, so. Probably not. <laughs> Probably. Well, at least, like, this, this is one less podcast for you to have to listen to this week. Yeah, it's You've great. heard it all already. <laughs> right. I think we've, we've uh, had a good enough chat. Should we wrap it up? Where can uh, everyone yeah. have a look at your work if they so choose to see it?
1: Um, grainy blur on um, Instagram and Twitter. That's it, really. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, I flicker as well, but I, I'm yeah. sure there's, there's th- things are linked anyway. So sure. yeah,
0: I did mean to ask you actually before we wrap up. Did you? Uh, we were ears burning the other week when me and Mike had a had a chat on negative positives.
1: What was that? No, I I did hear the ch- that's the chat that went out. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was just wondering if your ears were burning because he was uh, a talk- we were talking about you quite a bit about your about the. Cause he he asked I think whether I'd had any luck uh, convincing you that you wanted to come on here as a, a part time co host, and yeah. I basically just said to him, uh, we we we've met. What did I say? Like we had a little chat about it, and then we met in person, and we didn't. I didn't much, mention it. So. At all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it was still a thing in my head. You know, I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll come on now and again, definitely. Right. I think the, um, yeah, it's like, a, you know, reckless, we, very, very frequently I'd kind of struggle with a thing. But, yeah, no, it'd be right. cool to kind of, yeah, you, you know, check in that, again. You, you know from my,
0: like, release schedule that I struggle to record anyway, so I wouldn't worry about that. So shall I put you down now as uh, Alex our part-time co-host as well as co-founder of Project Box
1: Camera? Okay, well, yeah, host... Uh, Sounds a bit scary. Co-host, <laughs> co-host man. Co- sounds scary. as well. Don't, don't, don't like try and climb the
0: ladder just there. <laughs> well, if I put you down as co-host, uh, Mike said that you can join the uh, what do you call it? The podcasters union. All oh, right. So, oh, there's there's God, badges I'm ready
1: for that. <laughs> I get imposter syndrome to a greater, <laughs> an even higher degree. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's let's
0: just uh call it a day there. Um Right. If everyone wants to have I was gonna sort of give the project box camera details out, but there's not really much going on at the moment, is there? Um there will be a blog um to showcase the work which will be projectboxcamera.wordpress.com I think. I would look for you I would look for you for confirmation, but I'm not sure I've actually shared it with you yet. So we're going well, you to- no, I haven't heard you close.
1: mention it. I need to find it and check it out.
0: There's literally, I think, one the post on there at the moment um, because I haven't shared anything else yet. Um, there is the Instagram as well, which is just at Project Box Camera. There's also a Twitter, which I think is, I can't remember what that is. I just know that Project Box Camera was too long and Project Box, I think, sounded a bit dirty. <laughs> Did I do that? I can't remember if I want it. I'm gonna to to check it out. Literally, there's there, I don't know why because there's literally nothing on there either. Because I don't really do Twitter. Project Box Cam. If you want to be the first follower to Project Box Camera on Twitter, um, yeah. So everyone, give that a follow if you want. You won't see much on there, but follow the Instagram if you like and put the blog in your uh, blog readers. Is that a thing?
1: probably a thing probably a thing. Um, should, should be a thing how is that going to work you know the instagram feed are you gonna select Im- images from the just from the group from the closed group and randomly you know just pick images from that or will it just be from the uploaded uh, um it'll know, be kind of it'll be from the the ones that people upload
0: right so, totally. unless people say that because i know that there's some people that have got failures um but if people want to share that, I know some people are keen to share them, so maybe they'll get shared there as well. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest. We haven't really talked about it that much, have we? And uh, it's kind of blowing my brain how much organisational skills it's actually taking. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but follow yeah, along. I, at I
1: suppose just to find out. <laughs> yeah, I suppose just. I think everybody would um, you know be uh, accepting of just them being taken from that uploaded group. That was, yeah,
0: that was the point,
1: like, from... They're the ones intended for yeah. for sharing, aren't they? So, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be, good. It'd be nice to see that start to, that feed start to fill up, because um, I, I love box cameras, and I've shot them um, sporadically over the last few years, um, not often enough, really. Yeah. And I love seeing the shots, but it'd be great to see your one feed that's just entirely box yeah. cameras.
0: That just seeing already, there's a massive like variety of what's actually coming out of these cameras. Like, they yeah. not I just kind of assumed that, uh, like aesthetically at least, the stuff would all kind of look the same. But it really doesn't.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. The, so, the definition I, of, of what's a box camera, as well, has kind of surprised me. Because when we first talked about this, <laughs> I, I just imagined the kind of the brownie, and actually, no, that's a term that's too. Much of it is an umbrella term, isn't it? But the, yeah. the, the black vinyl-covered box with the oh. dim little, you know, the 6x9 yeah. type. Well, I've I pictured, like,
0: the sort of cardboard-cum-wood yeah. type things, yeah? Yeah, I, hadn't, you I haven't really clicked the, yeah, like the, the, the Brownie 620 and, like, the Agfa that you're using. They're, they're yeah, they're box cameras.
1: And the um, Imperial Savoy yeah. that's just this incredible... Thing which I've have n- never seen one in real life because I think they're just an American thing. Um, so yeah, yeah I, think
0: I hadn't that. seen one until was it Mike that's got that's shooting with one of those? I can't remember now. I
1: know Eric from uh, um, uh, all through the lens podcast. Yes, he's he got one, one lot. and um, Matt Melcher as well. I think it was Matt Melcher that was the first that I saw. Possibly um,
0: someone's got like a
1: sort of uh, there we go. Yeah,
0: oh no, Mike's got one Imperial Mark. 11, 12. Uh, it's like a, yeah, like a 50s, it looks not very similar to like a 50s American car, does it? In color yes. and sort of styling, yeah?
1: yeah? Definitely, yeah. Or like a, yeah, it kind of looks like a, some airport building or something. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that looks cool. Yeah, very
0: mid-last century. But um, I, I kind of, just going back to like the posting, I kind of pictured that the January stuff would be posted in February but I'm getting the vibe that people kind of want to see stuff now being posted now so I don't really know what to do I kind of pictured that everyone was shooting through January and then as everyone's shooting through February the stuff from January would be shared in I don't know yeah no sorry everyone would be shooting through February and then as they're shooting through March the stuff through February would be being shared and then so on and so on and so on yeah But I'm guessing people maybe aren't, a lot of people aren't done yet, so, I don't know. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Well, they used to say on Top Gear, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Uh, That that always ended badly. (laughs)
1: Anyway. Oh, well, we'll just take it as it goes. Right. I'll try not to derail your
0: ending. Yeah, (laughs) I was ending the show, wasn't I? Where did I get to? I done box camera. Um, Yeah, so the show has... You're going to have to learn this if you're part-time co-host. The show has its own Instagram, which is at Soot and Whitewash, and it's also on Twitter as well, which is at Soot Whitewash. You can see me on Instagram, if you like, at Neil underscore Piper, and that's about it. Have we got anything else to ramble on about, or are we done there?
1: That's it, I think.
0: I reckon so. It's getting a bit late getting a bit late now in there as well it's Probably turn in. right yeah we'll call it a day for that thanks for listening guys and uh we'll speak to you again soon bye 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 hey guys just quickly i realized when i was editing this show together that um i forgot to thank the lovely coffee donors um that have donated since the last recording so i'd just like to give a big thanks to ben reynolds and andrew bartram for chipping into the coffee account um coffee account if you'd like to donate towards the show um that's coffee ko-fi.com forward slash soot and whitewash anything that you'd like to give will go towards the show so that's done there's just a little call in from some dude that i'd like to insert here and that will finally be the end of this show cheers guys Bye bye
2: Hello, Soot and Whitewash Podcast. This is Mike Gutterman from the Negative Positives Podcast coming to you from the Gutterman Cave here in Louisville, Kentucky. And there's hot word on the street that Mr. Alex Purcell might be joining Mr. Neil Piper as a co-captain on the Soot and Whitewash Podcast. It's just good to see that uh, Neil Piper and my evil plan has come to fruition. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Well, Alex, I got to say I got to welcome you to the Podcasters Union. There uh, along with that comes some union benefits. There's there's health insurance, there's uh, you know, vacations, there's pension plans. And so make sure that uh, Neil gives you your benefits package for uh, becoming part of the Podcasters Union. And if he becomes a bit of an a ho remember you can always go on strike. So, yes, uh, union yes. Everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. <laughs>
1: I ran out
0: of (laughs) tea now.